Hello, welcome to Case Rotation, episode 33, for real. For real. <laughs> um, so basically what happened maybe a few years ago, uh, we did an, a, a special two-part episode with our dear friend, Malcolm. Always leads back. <laughs> it always leads back to Malcolm. And... Um, I misnumbered things, and the numbering has been off since then, and it was driving me insane. So I finally took the time to go in and fix that, and so this is episode 33 for real, I hope. <laughs> Maybe I'll name it that episode 33 for real, I hope. Anyway, <laughs> um, how are you, Box? I am doing very well. Um, yeah, I guess we can do make it the time for a brief check-in. So at da, this da, 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 it's check-in time. So yeah, it is check-in time, and I am Box Jetson with the Box Check-in. <laughs> <laughs> that made me think of Black News Network. Oh my gosh! Yes, please. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I will shout Black News Network out. Black News Channel, excuse me. Oh, BNC. excuse me. Yeah, the Black News Channel. Black News Channel. We'll get to that in a bit. But okay. you know, shout out to the Black News Channel. Shout out to all the anchors on there doing their thing. I, I want to remember your names individually, but right now they're kind of escaping me. Okay. Uh, I believe one was Brittany J. Um, you know, they're all they're all holding it down though. I actually just discovered Black News Channel via Amazon News, Amazon Fire TV News. So that was actually really awesome to. I guess I'll add them to my check-in. Yeah, I discovered a new news outlet that was, you know, made by us for us. All the anchors are black. All of the guests are black. So it's been, like, really beautiful. They have doctors. They have counselors coming on as guests as well to kind of discuss various mental health topics and things like that. Or they have, um, you know, people in the political realm. They have uh, black political leaders and black figures come on and just talk about their expertise in their various fields. And I... I'm speaking it into existence. I want to You're going be, to. I'm going to. Yeah, I can't say I want when I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be a guest on that news channel. You are. And I want to help them grow, and I want to grow with them. Shout out to the Black News Network. Shout out to the Black News Network. Channel. Is it channel yeah, or network? Yeah, you keep having me Is it a network or a channel? It's Black News Channel, the BNC. BNC. Illuminated Black, Black News, news channel. channel. Shout out to the Black News Channel. Okay. It's all good. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, with the real check-in, I am two days... I knew you were going to grab your countdown. ...and 13 hours away <sighs> from knowing where I match in this epic process. And I just feel like a weight will be lifted. I'm not really concerned or anxious though i think we talked about this on the podcast that we applied to sites that we enjoy and wouldn't they're all in locations that we wouldn't mind living in so i feel good about that i feel good about where i match or wherever i match things will be great but it's just kind of the waiting game i feel like everything up to this point has been kind of going fast but then this week itself has just been kind of dragging on and i don't know if it's a mixture of not being able to really drive because the whole world is, well, the whole half of the country is in the middle of a tundra right now, or yeah, you know, I don't know what I don't know what that is, but things are going slow. But you know, we're pushing along, we're waiting patiently, 
been trying to look up fun things to do in various cities to kind of keep the distraction going as well, and that's been cool. It's yeah. nerve-wracking. It is nerve-wracking, though, because you, we want to know where we're going. Because you just want to know. Yeah, you just and then know. you know after that there's so many things that have to be handled, so then it's just kind of like... In the middle of everything a, will move in the middle of Panera, a pan. Yeah, I was gonna say a panoramic. <laughs> in the middle of a panoramic, a panoramic that's also in the middle of a tundra. Mm-hmm. In the south. In the south. Like, <laughs> what type of world are we living? In? Yeah, it's a lot going on right now. But that's pretty much me in a nutshell uh, for my self care this week. I've been. Relaxing. I've been rewatching one of. Well, I guess not even rewatching. I finished up one of my favorite television cartoons, Archer, and been kind of playing some Warzone with the homies, and that's been cool. Um, I think that's my check-in. Really, just uh, we had a really fun Valentine's Day. Nish, how are you? Yeah, I was looking. I tried the eye contact. Um, so let's see. Besides the the anxiety of waiting to see where we where we will be moving, um, I found out last week that I don't need IRB approval hey. for my project that I've been waiting to get IRB approval on for about two months. So that just tells you um, <laughs> how the program I'm in is being ran. <laughs> um, but that's nice, so now I can finally get started. So, hey, this might be a good place to, to ask. So if anyone listening, or if you know anyone who has a sibling with a disability that would like to be interviewed as part of my research, send them my way. I'd really appreciate it i wonder if this is the first time this is definitely the first time i've heard it a recruitment process via <laughs> podcast for a research study that is you we might be in the middle of history here on oh case. thank that's, you that's pretty weird <laughs> shout um, out to you doing things though and shout out to you really figuring out that you didn't necessarily have to go that extra step um because it can't be nerve-wracking and they weren't going to help me yeah, especially your advisor was just I'm not even going to speak on that. You're just doing a lot. I literally earned every second of this degree because no one helped me as far as like administration and as far as administration and faculty and staff. (laughs) They literally didn't help me. So, you know, it was their job to to kind of tell me how their program works. And I mean, he told me I needed IRB approval and then I go to read the handbook and it clearly says I don't. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. After two months of working on an IRB proposal, which, I mean, if you've ever done one, you guys know it's not, it's not easy. Yeah, it takes so, a lot of... It takes a lot of time. I've invested a lot of time into that. Yeah, I'm still in the process of it. So that was very frustrating. But I graduate in May, so this will be behind me very soon. Um, what else? There was something else I wanted to touch on. Oh, I like how you said how I'm practicing self-care this week. So I will use that as well. Um, How I'm practicing self-care this week, I've been watching Modern Family, which I've been watching it since it's been on Hulu, and looking forward to WandaVision, which has been like 
an amazing form of self-care for me, even though the episodes are such a tease. And I feel like once you get into the episode, it's like almost over. But I love Elizabeth Olsen and I love the Olsen twins. And so, yes, I love it. And I think you said the episodes are an hour long now. Is that factual? Uh, I believe the final three episodes will be... Are we uh, not on final I read three that yet? on Twitter, No, though. we should be on final three now. Yeah, I read that... March I, is in two weeks. I read that on Twitter and didn't fact check it. Okay, so, so we'll see. All right. Yeah, well, we'll let's see. hope, because I'd love that. Um, well, I tend to follow some pretty, you know, reliable sources. I keep my follow count really... <laughs> yeah, I try to, I don't know, I try to keep it really um, intentional. Yeah. I like to see things that are good. That's not all I've been doing. Yeah, I mean, just kind of anticipating Friday. So anyway, oh, no, no, never mind. Okay, um, so a few things we I want to kind of talk with you about today. First, let's get into what we've been wanting to talk about since it came out. Judas... And the Black Messiah. Oh, I thought this was going another. Oh, where do you want to go? No, that's fine. I thought you were going to talk about the other one on there. Oh, you want to? St- yeah, let's. No, we can start. There. No, let's start there because we can get away from that quickly. Let's do it. All right, backtracking. We're going to start with <laughs> Malcolm and Marie. It won't take long. <laughs> um, I'll let you go first on your thoughts, or maybe I should go first. I have really very minimal thoughts. Feel free. You go first. Malcolm and Marie was aesthetically pleasing. I felt a sense of relief when it ended. I felt a weight <laughs> being lifted off of me when it ended. I thought, I took a deep breath. I remember thinking like, wow, like I'm so happy that's over. It felt like being stuck like with your friends or something and they're like they're a couple and they're arguing and you didn't drive. And, like, your Uber finally got there. That's what it felt like. It was so draining. And it makes me feel so bad saying that because I wanted to like it. Like, when we saw the trailer, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, black love. Like, this is beautiful. And it just felt... I, I think the wor- the phrase that just really kept sticking to me is just, like, I'm, I feel so relieved because it just... It was so heavy. And it was so toxic, and I was so confused. There'd be moments when things, you know, I'd think that everything's going well, and then he'd be yelling, Marie, Marie, like just yelling at her. And it was just so, it was so much. You can go ahead. No, I agree. I agree. I think, and you really wrapped up how I felt when you said you felt relieved when you when it ended, and I, I kind of felt that same thing. And I wonder if that was very intentional, too. If you kind of think about think. that final shot. I don't want to say too much because, uh, you know, people may still... We can put a disclaimer. So if oh, they, yeah, it's yeah. been too... Yeah. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, if you've not seen it, you Just can... a couple weeks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two weeks on Friday. But, um, but yeah, so we'll put a disclaimer. Spoiler alerts. Uh, potential really, really minor spoiler alerts. Um... We'll, we'll put a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, because I'm pretty sure we should probably put one for Judas and the Black Messiah. That just came out. We're yeah, we a little thirst to talk about that one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll so put a disclaimer. I think it was 
you know, the final shot, especially considering how they shot it kind of from far away from a different room, and it was just like, you know, a very, there was a lot of space between them and the camera on that last shot, and their backs were turned, and there was no, no dialogue or anything like that. So I think it really was just our way out, kind of like that breath of fresh air. But the more I'm kind of thinking about it and the more that you were discussing it, I think it was kind of a, a in not internal. Like it, like it was like a depiction of a chaotic yet fragile relationship. And I also think that it was like a pinpoint and like a slight peering into mental health disorders in the black community. And oftentimes like they're taboo, so they do go unchecked. I feel like I'm not sure, you know, I would need, of course, I would need to work with them before I leave out a formal diagnosis, but just from kind of, (laughs) just from kind of like what I've assessed, it looked like Malcolm is 100% narcissistic. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even think it took like your education background to tell that one. It definitely is narcissism. And then I was going to say Rue. Marie is somewhere between like borderline or bipolar, um, you know, somewhere along the, somewhere along that ranks or, like, following along the lines of, like, a personality disorder. And I think it was just, like, appearing into how it can look if it's unchecked. Also, just, like, how toxic relationships feel or, like, look. You know, oftentimes when you're in a toxic relationship, you don't, you don't know, know that what it's it, toxic. Yeah, you don't know that it's toxic. You don't know what it feels like. But you can always tell when someone else is... Well, not even always, but you can almost always tell when someone else is in a toxic relationship. That's very true. So I think it was a depiction into that. And it's like, hey, if you are experiencing some stuff that looks like this and you feel uneasy watching it, there's probably some red flags. If you feel comfortable watching it, that's probably another room for like another discussion too. Um, but I felt like... It just felt like super, I think it felt super verbally abusive. And like you mentioned, it was very condescending every time. He was, Marie! Marie! I thought their performances were brilliant. I did, though, I did as well. I thought they snapped. I also read somewhere that it was, it was um, essentially, what's his name? Sam Levinson? Is that the mm-hmm. director? It was like his, his, he was using JDW as essentially a vessel to go off on um, either Vanity or Variety Fair, because they critiqued yeah. Assassination Nation. And so when they were saying, like, yeah, it was feminism, but it was through male gaze, that movie was, since I think that's what they were going off on. So it was like, JDW was kind of like a pawn in his frustration, too. So it was, it was a lot of layers in it that I think, if we don't look at, it seems like a big chaotic cluster crap. I think you made a great point about the the mental health component, but what I think would have helped that is just kind of like a reason to care about these people. We didn't see them. I had no reason to care. And I think also, like you said, it was like an examination of like toxic relationships. I think for people who've been in toxic relationship, it's like a toxic relationship. It's hard to watch something like that. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why it was just so like, I know I say like a lot. I keep thinking about how how much I say it. Yeah, I've been working on my verbal fillers too. Whatever. I've been using this podcast <laughs> as a, a tool for that, so you know, it's it's progress. I get so into it sometimes when I'm talking, and then I just I use it all the time. Whatever. It's all good. But but um, yeah, I think that when you've been in a toxic relationship, something like that can be very triggering, and it's just like you. I don't know. I immediately was just like. 
on defense and mm-hmm. I don't know, it made me uncomfortable. You did make a lot of um one of the main commentary that you kept having was the Marie. You really did not like that <laughs> I he hated kept it. saying Marie. I, like it bothered that. me so much. I took it personally. Like I just did I didn't like the yelling of her name. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was very intentional, man. Like I think I think it was I think the movie was extremely intentional. Down to like even the grayscale filter. I think it was very intentional. I think um that's probably why my perspective of it is like I was relieved it was over because mm-hmm. it was just like okay this toxic whether it was the mental health expose or whatever the the arguing and all of the drama it was very chaotic and it was hard for me to watch mm-hmm. so but I, I was happy it was over I, yeah I was very happy it was over but I hope that I whoever watch it again though when you were asleep one time really yeah, like, probably like last week earlier Late last week. Mm-mm. I hope that whoever it was supposed to reach, it got to them and they got the message. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was for me. Yeah, I'll give but it was beautiful. Again too. I, gotta, like, I love JDW, too. Just to give him his flowers, Tenet is, has been my one of my favorite movies in the past decade. I needed to watch Black Klansman because he's in it, too. But I, I've enjoyed JDW. All right. He's a performer. Let's get <laughs> to the main course of this movie chat Judas and the Black Messiah alright we are thirst to talk about it so can you tell me what the time is right here 17 okay so I will mark that the disclaimer here I went first for Malcolm Marie so you can go first that's how much I love you, because you know I have thoughts. <laughs> now go for it. No, I, no, I really, no. I really don't have, I think, well, I do have a lot of thoughts, but I don't, this was your topic. Well, let's just so go back and forth. Let's do it. Okay. First, Daniel Kalua. <laughs> He's brilliant. He's brilliant. That head tilt <laughs> He's brilliant. It's insane. You know, I don't even typically like movies that are based on real life violence and like stuff that will Mm -hmm. really frustrate me about racism and all this stuff in this country. So I usually, if I watch it, I'll watch it one time. That's it. I want to watch it every day because I love Daniel Kaluuya's performance so much. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I know he'll get snubbed, but the Oscar, he deserves. Yeah, there were. There was some acting in that. It was so. Let's okay. Let's okay. The aesthetics. Beautiful. Yeah. Black unity, black power, black just just beautifulness. It was beautiful. A beautiful film. I kind of like I don't want to go into the bad things, but there are. I mean, you, there you are bad have things. To okay, well, I'll talk about the good things first. Um, I think that it was really important that this story was told. I'm glad that his his son and his fiance was she his wife or fiance? She's his fiance. She was his fiance, I believe. The mother of his child was involved. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that always makes me feel better when the family's involved. So that's cool. I also think it is important to take into consideration that this still is a Hollywood production. That is... I don't want to say rooted in capitalism, but... Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, okay. Rooted in capitalism, um, which he was completely against, whether that be just capitalism or black capitalism. So the entire political structure of capitalism is what he wanted to tear down. Yeah, so let's make that very mm-hmm. clear. A movie about a man who was anti-capitalism is a part of this. His story is now a part of this capitalistic system. Yeah, and soundtracks that promote black capitalism... Let's go there. <laughs> so, soundtrack. There are some gems. I feel like music is your thing. You take the soundtracks. You take the soundtrack. Is this like a, a a subvert from the... Yeah, yeah, we'll go back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I wanted to touch on the soundtrack, though, so we can go back. Soundtrack, yeah, I thought the soundtrack was... Shout out to Hit Boy. I thought it was put together pretty well. Um, until you get to... Track seventeen, it just it, it, it fell apart. Yeah, it was almost as if the the they were in a car and <laughs> Dom Kennedy, like they were on a road trip. They were in a car. Dom Kennedy got behind the wheel. Everybody else fell asleep, thinking they were safe, and then he just kind of like pulled over to get gas real quick, and the car blew up in the parking lot. Like, Whoa! That's, <laughs> that's how like I see it happening. Um, but I thought there were some gems, some highlights from it. Uh, I really, 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 really enjoy Polo G's verses. He, Bravo. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah. I, I, I had expectations. I think Polo's a great rapper. I think I've talked about him on here before. But I just was not expecting him to come with that type of subject matter. And I think he was the most... Thoughtful? Yeah, and also just like the most relevant with what... Hampton stood for. Hampton stood for. So it was. I feel like everybody else was kind of like, oh, you know, I'm sitting on a jet, uh, about to get some, pop some champagne. Like, Cause I'm we like, rich and yeah. we made it and <laughs> yeah. we black. Yeah, you can do it too. I came from nothing. It's like I, I, I stood on people's back and exploited folks to get to where I'm at, and you know, embrace the the true tenets of capitalism to get here, <laughs> but now I'm going to make a rap song about how capitalism is... I mean, they didn't even make a rap song about how capitalism is bad, most of them. Um, but I think Polo G was probably the most impressive. I like Rakim. Rakim was, of course, great. Yeah. Um, and I thought Pooh Shiesty was cool for not cussing. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else was on there. Well, while you're looking, I'm going to talk a bit about the Jay-Z and Nipsey song. <laughs> so... I was trying to stay away from that. Oh, should we stay away? No, I have to stay away. It just was, it's just. It was just a shame. And I think it just goes back to the point that you made about, you know, rapping about capitalism and how successful you are and et cetera on a soundtrack about a revolutionary who was anti-capitalism. It just, it, what I think people don't understand is like if these, you know, these, um, revolutionaries that we champion that we talk about and idolize if they were still around they would be dragging celebrities Mm -hmm. 
They wouldn't care about this black owned or black whatever, black capitalism, black all this. It's like, no. What are you doing for people in need? Exactly. What are you doing for the people? So that's just my issue with it. I think whether you believe black capitalism is okay, like that's your opinion or however you feel about capitalism. I don't want to get into that, at least not today. But what I will say is I think it's disrespectful to send that type of messaging on a soundtrack about a man who was completely against that. Yeah. And that's what he stood on. Yeah. Like, it's just disrespectful to me. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> what he stood on, his whole foundation, and we just tore it down. On a, It's just very disrespectful if you tear it down on, a, on an album dedicated to him. Um, we can get back to that real quick. But just like, oh, Nas had a standout. He did, he did. Um, of course, that's to be expected. Smino and Saba's song was definitely a standout as well, but they're all they're great artists just in general. They <laughs> have great chemistry. Um, Rhapsody Jib, Masego's track was great. BJ's song was great. And um, G Harbo, of course, was, was good on All Black. And the biggest standout under Polo G, which I actually always forget about, is White Dave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, White Dave went. Nuts on that. Yeah, there were some <laughs> gems on there. <laughs> I thought it was a good soundtrack, but like until and I love Dom Kennedy, but once you got to like his song, it kind of fell off and I agree. It's kind of we're not uh, ran out of steam. The outro was very Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> like, I thought it was like a Black Panther like outro or something. Is very not on brand. Yeah, but, but like the Jay Z song, that's the <laughs> single from it, I imagine. So I thought, yeah. you know, for you to even make reference to arriving on the day that he was assassinated, you would think that you'd have some more class and grace about the way that you rap about, you know, you, you present on the song. And it also felt like just very bad for Nipsey because I know Agreed. for 100% fact he didn't record that verse thinking, yeah, he was about to go on chairman. Hampton. Exactly. <laughs> he would have came so crazy if he, if he exactly. had the opportunity to. So I think, again, that was another marketing capitalistic ploy to be like, oh, I'm on a song with Nipsey with and Nipsey, I'm JT exactly. and you can do it too. It's just, I'm, I'm so tired of Jay-Z just in general. I think he's a plant, a pawn, what call you. Um, how are you around for so long if you are... You know, really for the people. Yeah, if you're really for the people, how are you here? I, I, I mean, I really knew how I felt about him when the whole NFL thing with Colin Kaepernick went down. And having people cut their locks when you yourself have locks. It's just weird. He's a but cool but we can... to pivot back to the movie. So something interesting that I read about Lakeith Stanfield, which I wanted to bring up on here. So he really struggled, I guess, with like taking on the role of Bill O'Neill just because like who wants to play him? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and apparently in a radio interview, he was talking about how he kind of started to realize that most people are like him. And so he was saying like, you know, Chairman Fred was like for the people, willing to die for the people. Like every, even like, you know, in his last you know, his last work before he's about to go to jail. He's thinking about the people. How yeah. are we going to help the people? I'm just one person. I'm going to jail. I'll be ready fine. Ready to die for the people. Ready to die for the people. I live for the people. He was talking about how most people are like Bill, Bill O'Neill. And, you know, they're all about self-preservation. They're all about themselves. How can I make myself better? How can I do for myself? And when I thought about that, I was like, that really is true. Mm -hmm. Most people are like that. Like, most people are not willing to put their life on the line for the greater good. Yeah, that's so true. So that made me kind of 
we're it's a part of the reason why we're still in America. Yeah. You think about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say too much. <laughs> Do you want to just move on? No, that's just why we're still here. Marcus Garvey's plans oh, were yeah. undercut by people who look like him because they wanted to feed off of the coattail of white supremacists instead of building their own in Africa. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of that's been embedded and rooted for a really long time. Yeah. And I think I, I do like Lakeith for playing that role. It takes a lot of strength and courage to even like you know get into that role. I think he was brilliant. In I it do too. as well. It took me to my second watch. The first time it made me frustrated with him. Me too. But the second time me I was too. like, you know, he really he really killed this. Me and too. Yeah. It's not to say I, I don't I don't know him personally. I don't really care about celebs in general. But he is not. He doesn't strike me as your typical celebrity. He don't really try to be. He don't really try to be in the spotlight like yeah. that. He um, even called out the Breakfast Club for, you know, some of the aggressive and just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tactics? Exploitative tactics that they have. <laughs> yeah, very tactics, but like someone's like the exploitive, exploitativeness. Yeah. Um, they don't really work toward the betterment. They work toward the teardown of communities. And it's very toxic for the, for the community. Yeah, he calls out toxicity and now he's... Showing what it looks like on a screen, even though it was still, eh, you know, it's Hollywood production, and we know you're doing it for money. Uh, you're trying to teach self-esteem, but like, yeah, there's ways to do it too. So that's, I guess, where my my opinion splits. So what I love about it is that it inspires research. So there's probably so many people who watched it and who wanted to learn more, who wanted to go listen to, you know, some of his speeches or read books or like kind of just figure out more about what he was about, which is amazing. And then I feel like there are some people who feel like this is the complete story Mm -hmm. and they're just like, okay, I watched the movie. I know. And like, like you said, kind of like the self-esteem thing, Yeah. not really about digging deeper and understanding what he really meant and what he stood for. Yeah, because if you think about it, it was a, what, two-hour movie? Yeah. I'll probably count less than 10 minutes were dedicated to socialism and yeah. what, it, <laughs> yeah. like what the benefits of socialism and why capitalism was evil. It was... Which I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm shocked they mentioned it. Yeah, like, they were, there was, like, chalkboard. And even the chalkboard points were, like, very preschool. Like, very what you would teach a preschooler about socialism. Um, so, I, I mean, which, like you said, it is kind of kind of shocking that it was in there, but I think it was also, hey, you better be mindful of how much you add in there anyway. We are yeah. still a capitalist society. Yeah, and I think that's what kind of, so I, because I, I go back and forth, like, how do I feel about these movies being made? Because I do feel like a lot of times black celebrities attach themselves, themselves to things like this so mm-hmm. that they can be like, oh, okay, see, I'm for the people. Yeah. Like, I was supporting this movie. Yeah. When it's just like, you know... Well, to go back kind of to Jay-Z, how he, I guess for the fee that he charged for the soundtrack, he gave half to Nipsey's estate and half to uh, the Hampton House, Mm -hmm. which is like, whatever, that's all well and great. I hate when people are so, you know, thrilled and excited about how much a billionaire donates, Mm -hmm. which is just like, thank you. You should, like, you should actually be doing more. So I'm not going to be all thrilled that you're donating something. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> if you really break it down, it's probably like 
a rack of our money. Yeah, and there's <laughs> always like sneaky ways to get around, like to when they donate. We won't. We don't have to get into that today either. But mm-hmm. it's a shady business. Yeah. So there's loopholes. Yeah. So when black celebrities attach themselves to things, sometimes I feel like they kind of use that as like, okay, see, like I am for black people. But then also like Lakeith was talking about, you know. These are important stories, and it will inspire people to do research, and it will, you know, kind of inspire people to think deeper. Some people, obviously not everybody. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's where I go back and forth about these types of movies. Yeah, because, I mean, the it's, it's there for you, but you have to, like you said, you have to be willing to want to go deeper, and you have to know where to start. Um, and it goes beyond just, like, how old was Fred Hampton when he bad, when he was assassinated? You know, like you've got to, if you look looking really, look into the ten point plan and look into what it really means to have some discipline and like things like that, and what it means to really respect one another and how to, you know, kind of look beyond race even at some times and and band with class and people who look like you who also are marginalized and oppressed. I love as well. that they showed that the yeah. Rainbow Coalition. Yeah, that was beautiful. I love that because then it also reminded me a lot of what these Black Lives Matter protests look like. like exactly. That's how you know you're on the right side of history if if everybody isn't monolithic. Exactly. Everybody looks different. Like every color is on people. your side. We have black, brown, yellow. We have like every people representing every single culture exactly. on our side, and that's what was depicted there too. Like it's not a matter of you know what I'm saying it, what if we band together and slit the slave owner's throat rather than you know fought against each other exactly and outside the house <laughs> I do love that they showed that as well mm-hmm. and also one thing you said um, well, you may have read it but well, I think you did read it but you mentioned it was also kind of a depiction of his life because he was young. I was just about yeah. to bring that up. I was waiting for you to finish. Oh, I yeah. was just about to bring that up. But well, go I ahead. Had, yeah, I was holding that in a tuck. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> like, because he was young, too. So that also was kind of a split decision. I mean, not a split decision, but like kind of a deciding factor on what was depicted in the movie as well. It was He was actually 21 years old. He did have a lot of life ahead of him. He did have a pregnant fiance to be wife. Um, he was... He leading had plans. He had plans. He was he wanted to travel. Like he wanted to see the world. He was he his life was listening to recordings and speeches. And he still had a lot more to ahead of him, but he was so for the people and so for the movement that he didn't get to see that. So I was glad that they showed that side of him too and just oh yeah, look, you know, my feet cold. I gotta warm yeah. up to it. Like, it's like man, that's yeah. like you can feel that's relatable. That makes him I'm a like, person instead of a figure. Yeah, and this tells me I have cold feet. Like I you felt do. like I could relate to him. <laughs> but like um yeah, it makes you it makes him it humanizes him and he's not just this warhead, you exactly. know, or just this like general he's a human being who was a young who was a kid, kid. <laughs> who was a who kid who had his whole life ahead of him and who had it taken from him because of in a disgusting lies. way it was it was pathetic and i think i think that is really what made me after i read that it made me really like the movie because it when i read that you know so basically, it was supposed to be like a psychological, or maybe not a psychological, but it was supposed to be some type of thriller. That's mm-hmm. what they were going for. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to humanize him. And they wanted to really like emphasize that you know he did have a life 
ahead of him. Yeah. And I think they did a very good job of doing that. I agree, yeah. Um, because I remember on the first watch, I was like, why are they cut showing this scene like of him with this, you know, his fiance? But then it's like, I get it. He was a person. He was a regular person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think, you know, with like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, like all these people, we kind of just see them as like, oh, they were these huge figures. And yeah. we don't see that, hey, they had family, they had plans, they had, you know, things they wanted to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. And that got cut short. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I really enjoyed seeing him as a human, as yeah, a kid, sure. as a 21 year old kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, it was painful. Yeah. I think another thing, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. I'm going to keep going. Let me see if there's anything else that I can think of. I was going to mention the Rainbow Coalition. You already touched on that. I really enjoyed that. Um, I will say the scene where, I don't know who Little Rail's character, character's name was but Mm -hmm. when they gave him like when he gave um bill o'neill the the drug Mm -hmm. or whatever to to drug him yeah i think to me that it was so frustrating it kind of reminds me of when i i watched selena because anytime i watch selena i always think like oh my gosh like you know please like i just don't want that part to happen like maybe something different will happen this time and you can see all the guilt that he's, like, dealing with. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, maybe he won't do it. Maybe he'll just leave. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know the story. Yeah, I was hoping he would like, man, come on, let's go out the back door real quick. <laughs> it just make it, seeing him and, like, seeing him do this. And then later on, you know, he's like, oh, no, I don't have any regrets. I didn't have any loyalty to the Panthers or whatever. And history will judge me. I don't know, it just makes you sad because it's just like, this stuff is still happening all the time and I'm not going to like black on black, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was on some MK Ultra, man. But it's just so, it was painful to see like a black guy do that to him. Yeah, and that's what, that's, you know, I'm glad you said that because that leads right into the point that I lost to. Okay, great. Yeah, I, was, I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget it again. But, um, so yeah, I didn't, that's another thing I, as we were talking, so both points we talked about with the focus on him and then also not wanting to see the black man being depicted in that manner. I wish we would have had more of a focus on Fred Hampton too. Um, I think as we saw insight into his life and got to humanize him and see him more as a 21 year old, like it made me appreciate that element of him, but I wish I could have seen more of it, which made me dislike the fact that it was focused more on Judas because I also think that while Will O'Neill was someone who was, you know, slimy, like he, he shouldn't have behaved that way, I think they kind of, and this might be my reach, but I think they undermine the role that the FBI played in it by I focusing agree. on him. I agree. And I agree. Yeah, and it, like, while they, they, it was, like, subtle, almost to the point to where if you look away, you'll forget the FBI's role sometimes. Like Especially with J. Edgar Hoover. He had very minimal parts. But he's like, you know, I don't care what happens. I want him off the streets. I want him in jail. Do something with it. You know, it was like just kind of in passing. But they didn't really show, I wish they would have showed more of his role and more of um, Plemons' character, Roy something, whatever his name is. Wish they would have showed more of their role as well and just the, um, 
just how shady they were and just how tactless they were and it's ah, it's disgusting to think that they could do that too. I mean, not. And you know what's gross? You're right. You're absolutely right that they kind of the movie kind of framed it as like, yeah, be mad at Bill O'Neill, like mm-hmm. he backstabbed his black brother. But yeah. then it's just like, uh, why did he do that? Exactly. I mean, granted, he was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, let's go a step further. Why did he do that? Mm-hmm. What, and we know what how corner shady. was he backed into? We know how shady they treat CIs and exactly. The unit. <laughs> You're you. I mean, you're you. We're gonna use you up, and at any moment that you tell us, "Hey, this is too much. I don't want to do this anymore." We're gonna burn you to the streets. Exactly. We're gonna, hey, everybody's gonna know you're a snitch. You see what they did to this guy who snitched and who was working with us. Watch what do you think they're gonna do to you. You better keep giving us what we want. I think you're right. I think it took a lot of blame off of the CIA, yeah. which I don't appreciate, or the FBI. Mm-hmm. It was the CIA wasn't involved at all. FBI. Oh. Okay. CIA was was crack. Oh, well, they're they're all, they're all always so involved in something. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I mean, it was the FBI. yeah, it was FBI. It was FBI. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah, I think that it, they did take a lot of the blame off of them, mm-hmm. which was kind of disgusting. There was one last thing I wanted to say, but I don't think I'll remember, which is okay. Um, you talked about the FBI. You talked about. Judas, I can't, I can't remember. Anyway, Jesse Plemons was great too. Ugh, it makes yeah. me very queasy and just like uncomfortable. It's like, how what are you about, sir? Great he is at playing those like sadistic, and it's like quietly sadistic it roles is. too. It's not like in your face. Ah, I'm a I'm big man racist. I'm gonna choke you out. Yeah, he's just like, mm, why don't you take this here and just uh, drink this cyanide real quick? It won't do it. Like he's just, I don't know, he's just it's like, scary. it's like friendly, nasty. It like makes me uneasy. And I know there are people like that too. Yeah. It's very, very nasty. But you know, um, shout out to him. He will probably win best supporting actor. Oh, of all of our other people get snubbed. <laughs> but that's either here nor there. Of course. Of course. You know, I guess at this point, be happy that a movie about uh, Fred Hampton wins an Oscar. Mm-hmm. I guess that's how low the bar is yeah. for Black anything. Right. Okay. I think that's everything. There was something else I wanted to say about it. I don't remember. If I remember, I'll bring it up in two weeks. Um, I like the whole rest of the podcast talking about it. People I know. People only going to have like 15 minutes of... I know. Okay. Well... <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. It was a good... Well, just don't listen to it until you watch it. Okay. What's the time now? So then I will... 42... Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> um, I just want to talk about these like attacks on black women. So on Valentine's Day, you know, the day of love, the UN posted this photo oh, man. of all these different multicultural couples. It was like a, a black man with a white woman. Um, I think it was, like, two women together. It was just different images of people in love. And then on the end was a black woman hugging and loving herself. Mm-hmm. Which, disgusting image. Very Let's start there. And nothing is wrong with self-love. Obviously, that's what we advocate. But there is an issue with insinu- insinuating that black women are only worthy of self-love, which is already... A 
Not a stereotype, or is it a stereotype? It's kind of... I was trying to think of the word as you were saying. That's what I was trying <laughs> to think. It's just like... It's it, like a subliminal underpinning in our society. Yeah. Black women are only worthy of self-love or, you know... Black women are the least desirable. Yes, yes, thank you. It's this idea that we're undesirable. It's this idea that, you know, the statistic that people love throwing around that black women are unlikely to marry, stuff like that. So, you know, on Valentine's Day, they decided to post an image like this that perpetuates this idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, then to go a step further, I will not mention the name, but there was... Um, debate going on about women who require things of men that they don't have themselves and it was geared towards women and I'm I would go out on the limb and say it was geared towards black women saying you know you don't have this you don't have a car you don't have a job you don't have a house you don't have this amount in the bank you can't ask for your man to have those types of things you have to bring all this to the table Okay, fine. It's this idea that why are we always yelling at black women about what is wrong with them or what they need or what is wrong about what they're asking for? Let's start there. Because that's a requirement that should be required of all people. Mm -hmm. Don't ask for something that you can't bring. That goes for men or women. Why do black women have to get this this idea of like, oh, we can't ask for more than what you deem we deserve? Yeah. I'm sick of it. And I'm tired of it. And let me tell you, people love talking about, oh, black women are least likely to marry, blah, blah, blah. Well, let's talk about some other statistics. How, you know, how black women are the most educated. Black women are the most successful people in this country. Yeah. So it's like, um... How about, you know... The most qualified and the least represented. Exactly. Exactly. And I actually have heard that that stat about black women being unmarried, there's something, like, wrong about it. Like, it's manipulated, the way people use it. I wouldn't doubt it. I can't... I think I watched it on a documentary at some point, but it was something about the stat... Some of the stats are manipulated. Yeah, the stat is manipulated. Exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. Black fathers are more present in their children's lives than any other demographic in yeah. America. And so I wouldn't, whatever you Yeah. yeah. I'm 100% sure that there's some fabrication or like some uh, some sampling error that they just yeah. didn't mention. That's why I like to, I'm so glad that I'm <laughs> filled up, man, because I can do those fact checks. Yeah. Send me the, the article, send me the research, and like let me let me back check your, me- your methodology and things like that. We can figure out how accurate it really is, how generalizable it is to the overall population. Um, a lot of these people just be pulling numbers exactly, and, and submitting them to faulty journals and saying, hey, we've got statistics here. Yeah, and if you have the right money, I mean, we've watched and learned about this. If you have the right amount of money, you can almost get any, like, you can find somebody who will say what you want them to say. Yeah. So and if you work with <laughs> You can agents, manipulate data. Yeah, and you can, people do it. It's really weird. That's why I like to do qual research because you can like there's no really there's no manipulating that really but with quantitative research i can delete cases based on uh validity checks and i'm using my quote unquote here i can use validity checks and if someone fails a, a, 
very simple or like you know very difficult validity check I can delete their information from my data and if I have a hundred black women take this survey and then 45 of them are unmarried and then you know 40 of the 55 fail their validity checks or whatever I, I say they fail their validity checks I delete their cases and of course it looks like the 40 outweigh the 15 exactly but. and what does that do that perpetuates the idea that black women are undesirable, mm -hmm. that, you know, black women aren't in successful and happy marriages. And, you know, this idea that they want black women to keep carrying around. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, no more. We're calling you out. It's unacceptable. Yes, black women need to love themselves. But that's something that applies to everybody. Everybody should probably try everybody some, some self-love. And what we're not going to do is keep yelling at black women about the, you know, the standards that they have are the type of requirements that they have for their relationships. I agree. Because it's unacceptable. And I saw so many guys just championing and clapping it on and being like, yeah, don't ask for more you can't bring or don't ask for, you know, anything you can't bring. And it's a bunch of guys who can't bring anything. That person was also who like, yeah, this up. they burn <laughs> their bridges. So they're just trying to align with a yeah. different population too. And, it's very easy to align with single, <laughs> stupid males. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just call it what is, it is. The thing is, I, told, I said we wouldn't talk about celebrities. That's why I didn't name this person, if they're even a celebrity, if we consider them a celebrity. celebrity. But my issue is, I black women see these messages, and it's like right around Valentine's Day. I know what it feels like to be single on Valentine's Day. It, I mean, it can be hard. It makes you question your whole it, reality and like, wow, it does. I'm really asking for too much. It does. You probably aren't asking. You're for not much. asking for enough, girl. If you're listening, ask for more, please. You're not asking for enough. I operate on a notion: <laughs> know your worth and then tax. Exactly. Exactly. And if somebody's not willing to meet you where you at, then that's just not the person. Like I was always taught: if you getting knows, you asking the wrong people. Yeah. So if you're not, if this person. You know, what have you. I don't want to say, I don't want to just say male because it's yeah. very heteronormative. But like, if, if your person isn't meeting you where you are, they're not providing what you require or you desire, and find somebody who will provide that. And then, you know, simple? in the meantime, you can definitely have your self love in the meantime, but don't think that you're not worthy of what you're asking for. Yeah. And I that's just, not, it made me thing. angry. Because I don't like that that's the message that they're trying to send to black women. Because if you want a relationship, you can have one with the standards that you have. And it doesn't matter how high people try to make you think they are. What? I love seeing you get on that soapbox. Oh, no. Because I, I just wanted to really <laughs> explain, like, hey, we weren't talking about celebrities, but I don't want anybody out there second-guessing their, their standards. Because don't. All right. <laughs> Is that all you had to say about that? Joe Biden. Yes, we're going to do a quick um, Biden administration uh, check-in. I've been Back. laying low on the politics. Um, obviously, we know the most predictable impeachment trial is over. Um, so there's that. Didn't really have any hopes or expectations. It is what it is. Um, anything you've been keeping up with? That's kind of all that I, that I know that's been going on. I've, like I said, I've not been really tapped into politics. Yeah, I saw a statement that he made calling for gun reform and I was pretty 
pleased about that. I'd like to see the, some actual work behind it and some action. Um, but one of the statement quotables that he said was, we don't need to wait until there's another massive shooting to you know, work on gun reform. I think the time to act is now. And it just stood for, like, you know, more liability for um, the NRA and gun corporations and stood for, like, you know, deeper and more intense background checks for people trying to get firearms and, like, the banning of... I think he talk, called for the banning of assault rifles, too. But, um, you know, these were just all... I thought it was cool because no president really likes to <laughs> step on the Second Amendment. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm finding him very... I like the fact that he's challenging things, and I'm... I'm 100% willing to say that he's better than the last five. I thought you were going to say the last president. I was going to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> last, better than the last few presidents we've had. Agreed. Better than the last 45 presidents we've had. <laughs> and that's just like on the first couple of weeks. I'm still, I mean, he's still got some time to you There's know, still issues. make do on some promises. There's a lot of issues to cover, but just seeing what he's doing in such short notice and I mean, the bar is the floor. Even, the bar so. is very much hell at this point. <laughs> yeah, so anything above that is just like, oh, wow. Well, I, don't know. I'm, I haven't been this impressed by any president, personally. Give him time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, there was something else that I thought of when you said that, when he was talking about gun reform. Um, he said something else recently. Like I said, I've not really been tapped into politics this week. Kind of been focusing on our upcoming news and um, just kind of laying off it because it kind of gave me a headache dealing with the inevitable impeachment trial outcome and just seeing how terrible those lawyers were and just the nonsense that went on and the fact that it still went that way. This country just has a really long way to go. And I used to think that, you know, real progressive change could happen. And it can. But now I understand when people say change is slow. Yeah. Always has been. So it's a little depressing. And um, Mitch McConnell and DT are going back and forth, which is kind of hilarious to see them. It's funny because they're calling each other out and they're both being truthful about each other. Like, they're both saying, like, really mean things about each other. But it's all factual. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, wow. It's like watching, like, I mean, they're obviously on the same side of things. But I know I saw some people saying, like, maybe Mitch McConnell will vote for him to be impeached. It's like, come on. Like, he's talking all this talk. He would never. Like, let's just be honest here. But whatever. White men going white men. <laughs> all right. Um... That's everything that we have for today. We made it through the episode. I'm so sorry that we talked you guys' ears off about Judas and the Black Messiah. That's all good. <laughs> now I gotta... I'll give you guys a mental health thing in two weeks. In two weeks? Okay. Well, you know... You're like double. Okay. Well, <laughs> beautiful people... Stay blessed, love yourself, take care of yourself. Drink water, mind your business. Yeah. Yeah, drink water and mind your business. It's a lifestyle. And episode 33 for real. Episode 33 for real, I hope. 
All right, take care. Go see Judas and... Don't go see it. Well, maybe go see it. Wear a mask if you go see it. Well, I mean, like... I, I mean, thought you like meant the, go. Like. No, 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 no. I mean, like, in the, <laughs> the figurative sense. Like, we're at home. So, like, when I say okay. go see a movie, I mean, like, go to your living room okay. or your couch or, you know. If you go out, wear your mask over your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Order a projector. Get some popcorn. Shush the person in the room. Get some, uh, some raisin naps. And nachos. I can't think of any other candy. Get the movie. What and a slushie. Get some spree. Oh, I missed the movies. Get some, uh, get some pretzels. Ooh, yeah, pretzel bites? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to go to the movies again. Get some jalapeno poppers. And some... And it'll all be cheaper Skittles. than what you would pay at the movies. Yeah, it'll be less than your ticket. Invest in AMC. Sorry. <laughs> all right, you guys. Bye. Take care.